$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hey everyone and welcome to episode 106 of the Mind Body Musings podcast. Today we are going to be talking with Sarah Tamburini. She's a certified life and wellness coach specializing in body image and disordered eating. As a recovered self-diagnosed control freak, Sarah helps women all over the world eat sugar, chocolate, and candy without freaking out. Her work is grounded in the belief that transforming your mindset changes everything. Her online digs, Practice Glow, is a place where health and happiness is measured in belly laughs instead of belly fat. Self-love trumps self-loathing, and you'll, and you'll learn how to flex your food freedom muscles every day. What you won't find is fear-mongering and all-or-nothing dietary propaganda. When Sarah is not authentically and unapologetically living and breathing in her message, you can find her enjoying dessert containing fructose, spending far too much time on Instagram, watching reruns of Master Chef, and packing your suitcase for her next getaway. For more information on how you can stop feeling out of control around food, visit Practice Glow and download Sarah's free ebook, Be Free. Today's episode was so much fun. I love Sarah. I love her wisdom on sugar. She can provide so much insight for all of us on um, how to stop fearing sugar as our world collectively becomes a more uh, sugar-fearing place. So, we need people like Sarah and other sugar lovers um, in our lives to help us see the light and know the truth and to know that no, sugar is not evil. It is not the devil. It's just the next thing the media is trying to get us to fear. So we buy the products, blah, blah, blah. You know all that. It's crazy stuff going on. So before we go over there, here is the review of the week. This comes from Darali. Dar, yeah. Dear Allie, wow, Maddie is amazing with five stars. I am obsessed with this podcast. Having struggled with disordered eating for many years, Maddie's podcast is truly enlightening and I can see how much it's helping me. Since I started listening, I've thought more deeply about myself and my body than I ever have before. Maddie, you are absolutely incredible. Thank you. You are so welcome, Allie. Thank you so much for that wonderful review. That means the world to me. I so appreciate it every single iTunes review, it means the world to me. And I keep all of them in a little folder right here so that I can read them off. So if you have not written a review on the podcast and you listen to it weekly, it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to quickly just head on over to iTunes, search for my podcast, and write a review for the show. Thank you to everyone that does that. Next up, shout out to my amazing sponsor, As many of you know, journaling has been a tremendous resource for healing my own body image, my own food struggles, and as a huge resource for all of the people that I coach and that listen to the show. 
I absolutely love to get my followers and all of you guys exercises and different assignments and journaling uh, topics to write about, and so do many of the guests on my podcast. So that's why it's really great to have something that you can go to and something that you enjoy um, referring to whenever you want to keep all your notes in a nice, uh, concise, and neat place. When it comes to journaling, I have a huge struggle that I used to face every single day is that I hate writing with pen and paper. I know I've talked about this before, but I just really can't stand writing long pieces with pen and paper. I don't mind writing quick notes, but when I actually want to write down a thought or a blog post or a paper an article, I have to be able to type it or even just text it on my phone. Um, I know some people love writing out things, but some people really love the minimalistic path and love to have everything as minimalistic as possible. They don't want a ton of paper lying around. So that's why I'm super excited to present Day One, an award-winning journaling app for iOS and Mac, which has also won the App Store Editor's Choice, App of the Year in 2012, and Apple Design Award in 2014. The latest version of Day One 2.0 was released earlier this year and it's beautifully simple, elegant, and intuitive. You can use both the computer version and the phone version to capture the details of your life with photos and the ability to create multiple journals in case you want to categorize sections like your dream journal, your body positivity notes journal, your favorite quotes journal. I love the phone version the most because my phone is always close by me and um, in the morning, I know you've probably heard this before of writing down five things you're grateful for immediately. Some people grab a pen and paper, I grab my phone and I quickly just open up a new tab in the day one app. I add a photo, maybe a photo from yesterday or something, something that reminds me of something I'm grateful for and then I write down five things I'm grateful for. Super easy and it just stays all in your phone. So anytime you need to let it out or you have a surge of creativity, day one is incredible for those moments. If you love journaling but you're more of a minimalist like me, day one will easily become your favorite new journal. I don't promote many products, but this is one that I think everyone should have on their phone or computer. You can check out more by going to the link in the show notes for this episode or looking up day one, and that's O-N-E, directly in the Apple App Store or the Mac App Store. Awesome. I hope all of you have checked it out. If you have checked out day one and you're a big fan, let me know. Leave a comment on the post for this episode and let me know your favorite thing about day one, um, what some of your favorite journaling prompts are. I would love to hear them. Last but not least, if you want to donate to the show, you can also do that by going to the link in the show notes. There is a donate here button. So if you if you listen to this podcast every single week, you read my blog posts, you watch my videos, you read my newsletter, you have my books, if you really love the value I'm putting out, I ask that you donate an amount that you think is appropriate for the work that I'm putting out into the world. Thank you to, to everyone that did that last week. I was really just honored and just so pleasantly surprised by the people that were donating. Um, thank you to each one of you. No amount is too small. $5 still goes a really long way, especially here in Thailand. Um, that can buy me two meals. So thank you everyone that does do that and that listens and that supports the show in whatever way uh, is best for you. So without further ado, let's head on over and talk with Sarah. And I I know I told you all this last week, but I have a new microphone and I don't have a pop filter on it. So if the P's come across a little bit brash, sorry about that. And my connection with Sarah was not the absolute best, so she does come in and out. The Skype connection, it was a little bit faulty, so apologies for that as well. But I figured y'all would rather have a good uh, down-to-earth message from this sugar rock star than have nothing at all. So 
Let's go head on over to the show. I hope you'll enjoy it. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am here in the same country as our guest today, which is pretty cool because we're both in Thailand. I'm here with Miss Sarah Tamburini, and she is in Bangkok, as I am in Chiang Mai. And I have been looking forward to speaking with Sarah on the podcast for a while now because I've been following her work. She is an amazing writer, and she knows a lot about sugar, which I think all of us are super excited to talk about and uh, eat and think about because sugar is amazing and the world says it's not and we all want to revolt. So we have a great leader here for that. And how are you doing today, Miss Sarah? Oh, I'm just so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me on, Maddie. It's it's just been an absolute dream to be here. So thanks so much. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Like you, I remember that like you wrote this one post and I'm sure a lot of my followers remember this one, but the post, the main post about sugar and like that testimony and you had it on on my website as well. Mm. Um, just a beautiful post. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about your story. I just, I don't even know all that much about your background and what you've gone through and how you even ended up in in this field, so lay it on us. Yeah, well, look, my story started when basically, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've always been a little bit crazy about how I look. You know, I've been calorie counting throughout my my life. I've been comparing myself to others. I really have grown up with this mentality that how I look is really attributed to, you know, how happy, how successful, how worthy I am as a person. So that was really self-destructive for many years. You know, as as I said before, I was calorie counting, I was yo-yo dieting, I was always wanting to look a certain way. And it really became a big issue for me when I was having some difficulties in, in my career, you know, starting to feel a little bit lost about who I was as a person. I wasn't sure whether I was in the right job. And really, I started to turn to food to really control a lot of those self-worth, self-kind of discovery uh, things that were coming up for me. And that saw me launch into a variety of self-destructive diets. But the one self-destructive diet that was was particularly dangerous for me was probably the crux of my story so far was this sugar-free diet that I tried. And, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud and pleased to say that that mess has become my, my message now. But what was, what was really scary for me? And this was when I really knew that things were really spiraling out of control quickly for me was when I was sitting in the doctor's office, you know, I hadn't had my period for about 12 months and it had become a bit of a problem for me when I, you know, realized that, hey, if I want to have children, this is something I really have to fix. The fact that I had adult acne and that, you know, I was constantly tired, I was moody, that my life was being impacted upon in so many different ways. You know, that wasn't as much of a problem. You know, it's so it's so hard to sort of to think about that now because there were, there were just so many warning signs. But it was really sitting in the doctor's and I was being potentially at that stage diagnosed with PCOS. And, you know, once I jumped on Google and read all about it, it, it was just a bitch slap. And I just thought to myself, what am I doing? I'm bordering on just insanity here this is just crazy so that's how i that that was really the start of my journey to to healing to reclaiming my relationship with food and my you know my health Mm -hmm. yeah such a powerful story and you said that you really started picking up speed with the food and body stuff when you were in your career. What career was that at the time? Yeah, so my original uh, trade is um, working as an occupational therapist. So I was working in a hospital and it was just really stressful. It was really full on. There, there were lots of lots of sad client stories and I guess I just got to the stage where I thought is this really what I want to be doing and I've grown up with this belief system I suppose that you go to uni you get a job and that's just what happens for you and I really I really didn't entertain the fact early on in my career that this might actually be this might not be the only thing that I do. So when I was encountered with that that thought that, hey, this might not actually be right for me, it was really, really scary. And I suppose I turned to food to really start to suppress, to fix some of these issues. Mm-hmm. And as you know, that's, that's just not going to help. Right. So, yeah. And it's like super interesting that your field was therapy and like helping Mm. people and like you had the same struggles probably as some of your clients or absolutely your own struggles and it's like this is so common like I've worked with therapists I've Mm. worked with you know health coaches like I've worked with people that talk about this stuff all day long and they really suffer with it. And I think, you know, I'm the same way. I suffer with body image. Why do people think that I talk about it all day long? Like you can be very passionate about speaking over something, but you can still suffer on the inside. So that's a good note for anyone to take away if they are helping other people and they're suffering as well. You're not alone. Like that happens to all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's really important to say that, you know, even though I was working in a career that was therapy based, I, part of big money was getting the right support. It was actually 
having the self-respect. It was having that courage as well to say, to, you know, to put my hand up and say, I need some help. And I, I don't think I would be in this position if I didn't actually take that step and get the right support. So for anybody listening who is in the therapy field, you know, it's you have absolute permission to put your hand up and go and receive support that you absolutely deserve. What did that process look like for you when you put your hand up? Like what what was the first step if you have one like a memory where you were like I need help, this is what I'm going to do and what did you what did you do? Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, after going and sitting in the doctor's office and and just really understanding the magnitude of what was going on for me and then realizing that, hey, I don't, I didn't want to take pills, I went for a naturopath. So I got to the point where in my head I was really starting to understand that a lot of what was going on for me was not normal. You know, the behaviors I was demonstrating were were really really crazy and they were having a big impact on my life. I was able to zoom out and just really see what was going on and actually listen to what a lot of people had been telling me for for quite some time. So I went and saw a naturopath and, you know, she was absolutely brilliant. She She knew intuitively what was going on. I mean, she could see as well, but she really handled my situation with, you know, a really delicate... um, uh, care. She she was just really, really delicate. And slowly over time, I started eating different foods. And in eating different foods, a lot of different emotions were, were starting to come up for me. And I started to gain weight. So after a big period of restriction, when I started to emotionally allow and physically allow myself to eat different food, I started to notice that there was a lot of rebellious behaviors around food coming out, which is that very natural biological response um, that naturally happens. So it was after seeing the naturopath and doing some groundwork with my diet that I then wanted to address, I guess, the body image issues that started to come up for me throughout this whole experience. So that's when I started to see a life coach and it was through the life coaching that I really experienced the power of life coaching and that's what then made me become a certified life coach. What do you think was your biggest fear? Like we all have this fear behind our food and weight issues. What was yours? Like do you have an idea of exactly what you think it was? Yeah, that's a really great question. I really love this one. My my biggest fear was definitely around, I guess, this idea that if I wasn't a certain weight, my life didn't look like it was in order, mm. which sounds funny, doesn't it? But I know this is something that is held so dearly by my clients and possibly a lot of your clients too you know this is a real belief that a lot of people have you know if I'm not skinny I'm not worthy I'm not pretty I'm not attractive I'm never going to find a partner I'm not going to earn enough money all those sorts of things it's this idea that you know to be worthy to to have a position in life you need to look a certain way and that was definitely something that that I held for a very long time and as I say to my clients no, 
if you've held a belief system, whether you've been aware of it or not for a long time, you, it's, it's understandable that it's going to take some practice. It's going to take some persistence. It's going to take time to start to change that way of thinking. So for me, I knew that I needed the support. I needed to rally in my troops um, to really help to start to dissolve that really fact, um, which I have no regrets having done all of that. That's for sure. Mm, yeah, I can completely relate to to like your like the root feeling and what you were experiencing. I think I suffered a lot from like just not feeling like I was in control. And mm. I think it, it doesn't even go back because a lot of people have an instance in their life where they were out of control so traumatically that they yes. grasp for control the rest of their life. I never really had that incident. I never had something dramatic or drastic happen that made me crave to have control. It was more like I was born with this constant need for control. Like mm. also being raised with high expectations of who I am, how I act. Definitely had that, you know, being raised in a very, like, I wouldn't say beauty conscious immediate family because my immediate family wasn't, but like my larger family, like extended family, all very, very beautiful, but also like, you know, very treasure. They treasure their beauty and stuff like that. So I think mm. I kind of just latched on to appearances and then eventually it became weight when I realized that was so easy. But it's always a social fear. Like it's a social fear of like not being in control or not mm. being seen or perceived by other people as a certain way. That's probably the biggest one that I see with my clients is what do they think of me? What do they think of me? And it's normally with strangers. Like it's the boyfriend the husband that the people aren't really worried that much about some some people are of course but it's it goes it's directly from the people they really don't even know like that's where the main fear is coming from which is yeah. totally understandable yes yes so let's talk about now your sugar stuff let's mm -hmm. talk about the awesome sugar stuff so if we can be honest and candid can you tell us what the sugar program was that you did like i promise yeah. everyone listening to this is not going to be you know going to go tell on <laughs> yeah look i'm yeah i'm very happy to to share so i did my my first kind of i guess experience with quitting sugar was when i was really like right i'm going to have one last attempt at losing let's do this and i as i said i tried so things that I ended up stumbling across in some way, shape or form, a program that was, it was actually the first time the program was kicking off. So there was quite a lot of hype about it. And it was created by an Australian TV presenter and journalist. So it was getting a, a good amount of press. And the program was I Quit Sugar. And it's an eight week online program. And there were various support groups and, um, you know, sort of that that was was actually really quite helpful um so that's what i ended up doing and it was it it really has formed a big part of my work you know I, i'm really as you were saying at the top of the call i'm really passionate about sugar and, and i know for a lot of people that a lot of their kind of dieting experience 
happen because of this fear of sugar. They think that their health and well-being will all be in order, everything will be okay as long as sugar is out of the picture. And for me, that was certainly the the belief I had, but ironically, I have never felt more unwell. I've never felt more unhappy. I've never felt more out of control in my life than when I was doing this eight-week program. Yeah, you know, that testimony that you were referring to, I I wrote a blog post for you um, about this, and, and I just honestly wanted to document my my personal experiences, my personal struggle with this program. So it's been years since I did this. Gosh, I can't remember, but it would be almost coming up to maybe three and a half or four years ago. And um, I just, I yeah, as I said, I've just never felt more control. This is kind of what my life looked like, if, if I can go into this now. It, I was going shopping with a calculator so I could work out how many teaspoons of sugar were in items of food. You know, I would turn over the back of a jar of peanut butter or something, you know, natural peanut butter, and I would be typing in the sugar figure I would for, and I would be working out how many teaspoons of sugar were in that jar, how many servings I'd have. You know, that's how that's how I was automatically thinking about food. Um, Shopping for me was like a two-hour experience, and it wasn't just one shop. It was like traveling across Sydney where I was living at the time and just finding all these sugar-free products. Needless to say, I was spending a fortune on food when this program wasn't supposed to be teaching me how to live in a really easy, seamless, natural, carefree way. So it was a very interesting experience because everything I, I, you know, the program sort of spoke about uh, the possibilities of achieving were, I just experienced the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, a lot of people say, but you had a really extreme case. This is, this is just really full on. Well, it, of course, there are some people that can go through this program and have a completely different experience to what I had. But we don't hear about those as much. You know, of course, I Quit Sugar is not going to put up those testimonies, right? There are, you know, I've spoken to a number of people, and I'm sure you have too, and I'm sure there are going to be people listening to this who are nodding along, who have experienced some sort of not-so-pleasant experience as a result of trying to quit sugar, whether it's with this program or not whether it's quitting sugar or quitting something else. You know, I just saw this program as another diet. You know, it was another classic restrictive way of eating, which sounds to me like a bit of a diet. And at some point, you know, things were going to blow out. And for me, I got to this point where we had to introduce fruit because we weren't supposed to be eating fruit over I think it was a six-week period or something and we got to this point in the program where we were to eat fruit and I just remember choosing an apple I used to love apples and I you know I was cutting the apple up into all these tiny portions trying to break down the sugar molecules and I was looking at it intently and and I ended up having a little bite like this you know minuscule bite to end 
second floor, just hysterical, like the world was ending. And, um, yeah, that was probably one of the lowest points in my life to date. And, and it, for a long time it was very hard to admit this, it was very hard to talk about it, but I knew that in order to to really to really get out of this this place that I was in, I, I really needed to start being honest and open about it. So that's that is really the kind of pinnacle of my Ike Sugar story and probably my story as a whole. Mm, oh my gosh, I can relate so much. Like the whole no fruit thing. When I was doing my fitness competitions, I couldn't have any fruit. And that mm. happened for both competitions. The first one, my coach was just like, here's your meal plan. Stick to this for the next 18 weeks. See you later. Yeah. And I remember like after that, I started eating fruit and I was just, I felt so guilty all the time after that show, like mm. after the 18 weeks. And I would like put blueberries like in my oatmeal and then I would be like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I would like pick all the blueberries back out and put them down the drain, like blueberries. Mm. And yeah. I now can't eat any stone fruits like apples, peaches, pears, plums, all those. I can't eat those because I feel like I messed up my stomach from not eating them for so long. They can't break them down anymore. Like they can't. Yeah, I can eat. Uh, tropical fruits just fine and berries which is awesome I love all those fruits but I can't eat the other ones like and I used to love apples but I just get mm. massive stomach upset whenever I have any stone fruits mm. and it lasts for days so I can't have them anymore and it like breaks my heart because that was one of the most detrimental things that happened to me from cutting out sugar mm -hmm. but on top of that stuff happened during the time I wasn't having any sugar like the it's just mm. so it's like almost like I was living life in black and white and sugar brought color to me yeah it was just like i felt yes. lethargic and tired and you know it probably was multiple reasons like not having sugar not having enough vitamins not eating mm -hmm. like really nutrient dense foods with that competition diet it was just really very crappy food like i wasn't yeah. eating high quality food at all and they say oh it's so healthy like not at all unhealthiest diet in my opinion um but yeah, it was just like so tired all the time and I just remember being on YouTube and looking at like people who were eating bananas and mangoes and papaya and all this fruit for breakfast, lunch and dinner and I was just like, what? How? Yeah. How do you do <laughs> yeah. it? Like how? And yeah. It shocked me and, you know, eventually I got to a point, like now here, you know, we're both in Thailand so we can both relate to this, but there's just fruit everywhere and I know yeah. I sure enjoy the heck out of it, eating tons yes. of fruit and I don't blink twice and I feel great about it and I love it. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I think that, you know, and I think there's something important about what you were just saying there. You know, when I talk to my clients, you know, not every not every type of food is going to agree with everybody, right? So, you know, I've got some clients actually really crappy physically when they eat sugar. You know, they might just get really bad stomach aches. I know I've got a client at the moment who gets really bad headaches, which, you know, she's had to be mindful of, of, of how much sugar that she's having. But, you know, I really go about life now and this is, this is something that really has changed everything for me. My aim in life is just to feel physically well and, and 
feel good, so physically well and good. And I also, on top of that, want to feel spiritually, I want to feel, you know, psychologically well and good. So whatever food combinations that's going to be for me, which can change day by day, you know, I'm just open to it. There might be some days where I'm not feeling so great and all I want to do is sit on the couch and eat popcorn. It, it might be some a big salad. You know, I am now okay with that. Food doesn't dictate who I am. It's not a form of self-expression, mm. self-validation, you know, but to get to this point where I have just chosen to do whatever makes me feel sane. You know, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, I've had to break free of the fact that, you know, how I look dictates who I am a person. I've had to really think about how I value and perceive other people, other, you know, um, body shapes. Um, you know, I've had to work on my fat stigma. I've had to, you know, really embrace the fact that you you were still worthy at any size. And all, yeah, all of work is so important. And I know that that's work that you teach your clients and it's definitely work that obviously I do with a lot of my clients too. So, yeah, I just wanted to make that point about the fact that if people can really start to change their perception of the fact that, you know, not you won't agree with all foods at all times possibly that's okay if you can just start to really prioritize trying to feel physically psychologically and spiritually well and good if you can really start to put that in the forefront of your mind i guarantee you'll start to see changes yeah absolutely and i love what you're saying just it does take so much work behind the scenes of all the different areas that you got to focus on, like mm -hmm. the fat stigma, the worthiness, the control, um, and it, you know, it's all of those things mm -hmm. that need the time and the effort. And with sugar, all it comes down to really is eating some of it. You know, it's not like Abs rocket science with, absolutely. The, with the sugar Abs aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's really quite simple. You just eat it and then you, you just focus on it. the other stuff. Absolutely. And I think... You know, I really truly believe that, you know, when you stop trying to control sugar, sugar will stop controlling you. I've never felt more out of control around sugar. Like I've never wanted sugar. I've never thought about sugar as much. I've never obsessed about sugar than was I was trying to control my sugar problem. So I remember during the whole I quit sugar and even beyond because I, you know, tried to live this sugar-free lifestyle for possibly about six months afterwards. I was binging on, you know, cashew butter. I was constantly looking at myself in the mirror and just, you know, it's like the body image issues were just, you know, as loud as they could be with a big base. I have never felt more, you know, inclined to dive headfirst into chocolate cake or candy or, you know, gorge on fruit. It was, sugar was just at the, ironically, sugar was just at the forefront of my mind when I was trying to quit sugar and, and trying to abstain from it, which, which is really funny. But, you know, I really, I truly believe now that sugar isn't as bad per se 
as the fear of sugar itself. You know, I think for a lot of us, we fear it so much because of all the media that is surrounding sugar now. It seems to be the kind of hot on the block diet. Um, you know, we're being told that sugar's poison. We're being told it's, you know, likened to the effects of cocaine. For a lot of people, it's, it's this fear. It's this shame mongering. You know, it's just making people feel so guilty about sugar. And I think that is so dangerous. So I really think that that, that is self-destructive in and of itself. And really to stop fearing, to just, just really get a grip on your sugar problem. And I say that, you know, in inverted commas there, it's really about changing your perception of it. And that's going to make a huge difference. It has for so many people I've with and it was it made a huge difference for me Mm -hmm. yeah you nailed it um and i think that another thing i want people to keep in mind is as you start eating more sugar or like you were saying changing your mindset around it don't keep a sugar consumption tally no you know in your head Mm -hmm. like okay today i'm gonna have a banana with my Um, oatmeal this morning so then you're like okay i had a banana and that's this so much sugar and then like Mm. later on like don't like let go of that because i i did that for so many years and i'm finally Mm. the past year i'd say i've finally started to eat sugar almost um i would say unconsciously but without registering it as sugar like it's not like this like which one of these do not belong this one you know it's not like that anymore it kind of is food is food is food it all looks the same because i have i've been working so long on food neutrality and now it doesn't really stand Mm. out as like oh blueberry sugar or uh brownie you know like the other night i went to this restaurant and it was so amazing and i had like this it was a vegan not vegan but it was a vegan blt and it was just amazing and i added avocado so i had like delicious bread with fats with like just vegan bacon or whatever and it was just so good and i ate the whole thing okay like i eat the whole thing almost everywhere Mm. i go in thailand because the portions (laughs) are so small to me they are they really are (laughs) they're so tiny i had no idea they'd be so small and so i feel like a giant everywhere i go but yeah i ate the whole thing and then afterwards like i heard amazing things about this place's brownies they're vegan brownies and like, our whole group was like, why, like, we should get a brownie. Like, we should just get two, we'll split two. It was, like, four of us girls. So we got these brownies with ice cream, and it was just, like, the most amazing thing I have ever eaten. Seriously. Mm, delicious. And I just dove right in, didn't even think about it. And the next day, it was the next day. Like, I didn't think, okay, I had sugar last night, so I need to make sure that today I compensate for it by not eating any. Like, no, let go of all of that. Don't do this mental math in your head about if you eat this and you can't eat this and you got to do this later like let go of the compensations and just let your body tell you when it wants something because now well now i'm at the point where if i don't want something that's sugar like say i'm at a party and they have a plate of cookies i'm not going to eat one because like i know i could have a cookie forever and maybe i'm like not in the mood but maybe i am in the mood you know like and Mm -hmm. you'll only get to that place if you have this mindset around food that it's i mean food yeah in general but also sugar that it's not evil or that it's not bad it just is sugar and it's a crucial part of our diet i really believe that that's why there's so many different types of fruits like 
and there's sugar. Absolutely. Sugar. Like it's real. Sugar cane. Yes. Yes. Look, you know, I agree with, I just agree with everything. I'm like one of those gold kind of, you know, like Chinese cats that are just nodding their heads. Um, I just agree with everything. And I think that, you know, it's about neutralizing, it's about neutralizing your food thoughts. It's really about seeing food as food. Sure. Some foods, as I said before, are going to interact with you differently and different, but you know, you always have the decision to choose what it is you want to eat and you have to understand that you're worthy of that. You have to really believe that, you know, it is okay to eat sugar if you choose to think and feel that it is okay. So it really starts with you. And I know that as soon as I really dug deep and I, I really started to challenge all kind of, I guess, assumptions that I had around sugar and how it was going to make me feel and what it was going to do to me, I realized that, you know, by trying to quit sugar and abstain from sugar, I wasn't actually getting any closer to any of my goals. So I, I was really keen to feel what it was like to just let go. I was like, you know what, if, if I'm not achieving what I want to achieve through this, well, let's just let's just try something different and in trying something different it was really about challenging a lot of the assumptions that i had and it was about neutralizing food and just really starting to sort of explore this whole fact of if trying to restrict is not i don't know helping me to lose weight or whatever it was i was thinking at the time let's see if trying to actually accept myself and like myself and listen to myself let's see if that me somewhere and for long I just stopped caring about losing weight you know this was with support as well because I just enjoyed the feeling of eating without all the emotional baggage that comes with it it was so liberating I could go to restaurants again I could eat chocolate cake when it was being offered at work I could enjoy a drink on my a drink on my weekend you know like a cocktail or something there were just so many things that taking that brave step forward to actually committing to seeing food as food, once I started just reflecting on the little ripple effect that it was having within my life, all the positive things that were starting to happen that I was starting to, you know, be able to experience again, it just mounted up to just a whole lot of amazing things. So I encourage anybody who is still feeling really scared about, you know, dropping boundaries on whether it's sugar or anything else carbs or whatever just to understand that you'll only keep getting what you're getting if you keep doing what you're doing you know if you do want to see something different happening within your life if you want to be able to go on that beach holiday if you want to be able to um go on a holiday and 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 explore and experience the different cultures then you've got to think something needs to change so hopefully that might give some people some inspiration to to just have a little look at what's going on for them and to have a think about where in their life they can open some space and try something different how have you been able to manage keeping this very strong amazing beautiful perspective as you've been getting ready to get married 
I've been very <laughs> interested in this because there's so much <gasps> weight loss this. talk and, and expectations oh. for brides and like all of that is just BS. But how have you been handling this, Sarah? Yeah, that's, I love, I love this question too, Maddie. This is a great one. It was funny because when I went to try on some wedding dresses down in Melbourne, where, where I'm actually from, um, I was in a shop and the lady said to me, Oh, it's too early. It's too early. You can't possibly be organizing a dress now because you're going to lose all this weight and then the dress won't fit you. And I just was like, Hold on. I think, you know, part of still, having such a positive and strong perspective is walking my walk and talking my talk. So it's not about being quiet about it. It's about getting out there and just being as authentic as I possibly can. And part of that authenticity is, you know, having the courage to pull past an instance where I said to this, to this dressmaker, I said, no, 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 no. I'm, you, you, you see this, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with how I am. And even if I put on weight, I'm perfectly happy with, with that too. So thank you, but I'm actually not going to progress with the dress here after all of that. But it just gave me some perspective that there are so many brides out there who are, who are so worried about this one day in years and years and years of their life. And you know, it just really highlights that there's so much work to be done in general about body image and self-acceptance, not, not just for, um, not just for people who are having food related, um, orthorexia or any type of eating disorder issues, but, but also, you know, it, this stuff can happen to anybody. People can start to become very self-conscious, very, uh, very concerned about their physical appearance at any point in their life, whether, you know, as we were talking about, it's sort of an isolated um, uh, incident in your life that could bring on some some sort of trauma, whether that's short-lived or something that's a little bit longer, or whether it is something like getting married. But I just really encourage anybody who might be a bride listening that you are, honestly, you have to believe this, whether you go around the house saying it, whether you put post-it notes around your house, um, a screensaver that says this, you are just worthy at any weight. And if I have this voice, that come, my mean girl that comes into my head and starts, you know, niggling away, because I'm not perfect, you know, I, I still have my own insecurities every now and then. But what's changed for me through all, all of this that I've been talking about is I'm a little bit like an elastic band. If I do kind of stretch a little bit and by stretching, I mean, feel some insecurities, I'm getting quicker at snapping back in. I'm getting quicker at exercising coping strategies that can help me. So I think one thing that I really use to this day, and I use this in the instance of talking to this dressmaker was that I'm just worthy at any weight. I'm always worthy. There's all people that love me. There's always going to be people that respect me regardless of my weight. So that's just a piece of advice for any bride to be or anyone in general. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I cannot believe the dressmaker said that. I'm shocked. Yeah. Seriously, but I'm so not in that world that 
I'm sure that happens at every single store. Like that just happens everywhere. So thank you for sharing that with us. So yeah, my pleasure. Before we go to the quick fire round, which I'm so excited for because it's one of my favorite parts, can you let everyone know where they can find you online? Yeah, yeah, great. Well, if you would love to come and say hi, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at www.practiceglow.com. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram under the um, name of Glow. E-T-I-S-E, Glow. And I also have a YouTube channel as well, which is Practice Glow. So, yeah, I would love I would love for people to, you know, if they want to know more, you can read my blog. I've also got an e-book people can download if they would like even more um, pieces of advice on how to work on feeling sane around food. Yeah. Great. And I will have That's all those links on I'll have all those links on the show notes for this. Um, so you can head on over to maddiemoon.com slash sarah-tamborini or just go to the podcast archives and you'll see it right there. Okay, so quick fire round time. Number right. one, what are two material things you cannot live without? I'd have to say my phone and I would have to say my hair straightener. <laughs> two <laughs> What does body freedom mean to you? Body freedom means self-compassion, self-acceptance, and it really means just valuing yourself regardless of just it means valuing yourself as you are, mm -hmm. regardless of anything else, mm -hmm. as you are right here, right now. What is a must-read book? Oh, I really like Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I also love the desire map by Danielle Laporte. If you could interview anybody in the world, who would it be? Oh, wow. I would love to interview Ronda Rousey. Oh, interesting. Really good pick. <laughs> <laughs> what is a future dream that you're working towards? Future dream? I am working towards... Living life where I can just live anywhere in the world, travel and just live anywhere. So that just that location independence. Mm -hmm. So currently, you're based. You're basically based in Bangkok. Like you do your work there. Like that's yeah, that's where I am. So face to face, like you. So for some reason, I thought that everything you did was still online. But it's not. Yeah, no, no, everything I do is all on online. But you know, it'd be really great to get my partner, I suppose, into that position where mm -hmm. he can also travel travel around so that's what I'm working towards it's probably more working on him actually which yeah. <laughs> yeah him isn't that just the story with most I'm starting to realize that's the story with most digital nomads mm. it's like yes they finally got what they wanted so bad as becoming a digital nomad where they could be anywhere working but then there's the partner <laughs> and it's exactly. like you yeah. gotta get that <laughs> yeah um, that that's exactly right yep so what is the best movie you've watched in the past month? Oh, do you know I'm not a movie person? I, I'm so not a movie person. But I really love documentaries. So anything like with Louis Theroux, I absolutely love. So I watched something recently about um, drug and alcohol addiction. It was a Louis Theroux documentary, and I loved it. I'm fascinated by human behavior. I just love it. 
So, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So anything Louis. Okay, cool. What is your favorite meal right now? Oh, do you know what? I just started eating chicken after about four years. So I am, I'm really enjoying roast chicken at the moment, but I'd probably say my favorite meal would be something like, I really love like um, curries, like whether it's a Thai or an Indian curry, lots of quinoa or brown rice or something, lots of tofu. So yeah, I'm really enjoying the Thai food right, right now. If you could challenge everyone listening to this to let go of something, what would that be? It would be to let go of the power that food has over you, most definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, last question. Is your closet minimalistic or is it packed? Oh, minimalistic. I'm so not a girly girl in the form of, you know, having like heaps of shoes and bags and and, and clothes. Oh, no. So it's mm-hmm. like minimal and it's quite big actually but there's really nothing in it (laughs) sorry to all those people (laughs) it's been so nice to like have nothing like uh, seriously when I get whenever I do go back home whenever that day may be I think I'm just gonna like not even go into that box of clothes I have just keep what I have right now because it's been working for me it's been really nice to just put on whatever I see and I have like two, two three dresses three pairs of shorts and like five shirts and that's about it simple yeah, that's all you need. Like, especially here, right? That's all you need. Yeah, it's different. It's a little different here. Like, if I was <laughs> back in Colorado, I would probably need a lot of different things. And it's easier because I would have an actual closet. But Yes. So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And I really hope that someday in the future, hopefully not too oh. far away, we get to hang out in person since we're physically so close to each other now. It will happen. I know that. It, it, it will it will happen thank you so much maddie for having me on and um yeah i hope that that's been really helpful for your listeners so thank you so much of course everyone to get all of her links go to my website maddiemoon.com and you can click on all of those <clears throat> and see the show notes for this episode and while you're there if you have not yet downloaded your free book 10 proven steps for ending any diet obsession you can do that and i hope you all enjoy this episode we'll see you guys soon say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.